Welcome into the Talk of Tide podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network. I'm Chase Goodbread, sports columnist of the Tuscaloosa News, joined as always by the senior recruiting analyst at BamaOnline.com. That would be my longtime friend and former colleague, Travis Ryer. We got a lot going on here on Talking Tide this evening. The Twitter feed, Talking underscore Tide. Give us a follow there. Follow us. Uh, all our podcast drops through that Twitter feed. You can also get us at our web host at megaphone.fm as well on any podcasting app you prefer, including Apple Podcasts, also available on YouTube and Facebook is the Talking Tide podcast. Going to be talking NFL draft coming up this week in this edition of Talking Tide. A little bit of roster news as well. Quickly want to thank our sponsors. That would be North River Dental Associates. Peterbrook Chocolatier of Tuscaloosa, and finally our corporate sponsor, DraftKings. More on them later in the program, but right now on the program, Travis, we dive in with a little NFL draft talk uh, coming up, of course, on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, Alabama. As usual with double-digit draft candidates, Travis, although in this particular draft, uh, it looks like Alabama's only going to have about two first-rounders, which is a lot for just about any program. By the Alabama standard, though, it's it's a little light. Yeah, if you do six, I guess, last year to tie the, the record in an individual first round, uh, two does. And really, once you get past Evan Neal, there's intrigue with just about all of these guys. I think the expectation is that Jamison Williams – goes in the first round as well, but will it be closer to 10? Will it be closer to 20, maybe into the low 20s? Or uh, where exactly does he go coming off that knee injury? You got a wide array of mocks when it comes to guys like maybe Phil Mathis and Mechie. And I guess Christian Harris, he's a guy too. When you talk about the second round, potential maybe to creep into late first, it sounds like it's going to be more day two for Christian Harris, but yeah, a lot of uncertainty with a lot of these guys. No doubt. And, and, you know, we've seen some drafts where Alabama's past drafts where Alabama's really uh, most of the names are off the board by the end of the second day. And there's not too much left on day three. Uh, might be a little bit more balanced in this particular draft. Several guys, uh, you mentioned a couple of them. Good chance to go on day two. Day three, there should be a handful as well. Thought we'd have a little fun. On this edition of the Talking Tide podcast, Travis, and and do a little draft of our own, uh, but just among the Alabama prospects, we'll start things off with uh, the top pro prospect of the bunch, which of course is a pretty easy call. Uh, but then, as we navigate through the rest of these names, uh, things will get interesting. So uh, yeah. we'll go back and forth. I'll go ahead and start with the easy one: Evan Neal, the offensive tackle. Uh, fantastic player for Alabama, uh, a three-year starter experience at guard, right tackle, left tackle. He does it all. Draft uh, scouted as a left tackle certainly has all the traits NFL clubs look for in a left tackle and and uh, a great chance to be uh, a top five pick. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that he goes number one, Travis, to our Jacksonville Jaguars. Most of the mocks don't see it happening that way, uh, but it certainly won't shock me. But this guy is is head and shoulders the best draft prospect among the Alabama crop this year. 
I don't think there's any doubt about that. And I wish uh, you could go ahead and submit that pick for our Jacksonville Jaguars. I, I, I'll take an offensive lineman of any kind for the Jags because I'm not sold on Aiden Hutchinson. I'm not sold on Trayvon Walker. I think both could be really good NFL players. I guess my point is there's no slam dunks. It's not a great year to have that number one overall selection, especially when you already have the quarterback. And even if you didn't have the quarterback, this isn't the draft to take one number one. So the Jags actually fortunate in some ways that they were able to go ahead and get Trevor Lawrence a year ago. But I would love to see, uh, you know, again, even if it's not Evan Neal, give me Ekwanu, uh, Iki Ekwanu from NC State. Just give me a guy on offense, but specifically give me an offensive lineman. It starts with Trevor Lawrence. That's your franchise. I don't understand why you wouldn't do everything you can with the first pick in the draft to try to support him as best you can. And if Evan Neal with Cam Robinson coming back on the franchise tag is your left tackle and you still want to try to stick with Jawan Taylor or maybe Walker Little or someone else is your right tackle in 2022, you can play Evan Neal inside for a year or so and like Alabama did in 2019, Chase. Just give me – Give me some help for Trevor Lawrence there. Not nearly enough development for Lawrence in his rookie year, and that's not his fault. It's, it's the, the fault of the protection and 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 also actually all sorts everything. of problems. Yeah, everything. Yeah. They what the last thing the Jags need is for him to get through year two and and not be developed enough. And uh, protection's part and parcel to that, no doubt about it. All right. Passing the torch to you, Travis, the uh, second-best uh, Alabama draft prospect in this crop, in your opinion. To me, it's still Jamison Williams, even with the ACL injury, because you've heard some positive things in terms of his recovery from that injury, and there's no substitute for speed. And this is really a sport in which 10, 15 years ago, you would have thought more about maybe higher in the first round gambling on a corner or someone on the defensive side, but man, it's become a skill players game more so at the wide receiver position than running back for sure. But yeah, I still like Jamison Williams, man. I just think his uh, speed is a, a literally a game changer. And um, you know, I, I like some of the intangibles we actually saw from Jamison Williams in his one year with Alabama. He showed some, some edge and, a willingness to cover punts, things like that. That was more than I expected from him. I still have him as number two. I don't know about you. No doubt. I, I think he's a good choice there. I do think he will go in the first round, more than likely later in the first round. But uh, he did uh, – he took the offense by storm in his one season at Alabama. And although he didn't have much of a track record really at Ohio State prior to coming uh, to play for the Crimson Tide – uh, the, the one year he had at, at Alabama was big enough to turn all the scouts' heads, and uh, he should be uh, the second and uh, last of two first-round picks for Alabama on Thursday night. I'm going to go next. I'm going to go Christian Harris, the outstanding inside linebacker for the Crimson Tide, a guy who's steadily improved throughout his career. He can get sideline to sideline, Travis. Uh, he, he, he can play in the flats a little bit. Uh, I, I think – he brings a lot of what NFL clubs look for uh, in inside linebackers now. Probably needs a little bit more polish, uh, but I, I think the raw skill, the physical skills to play on third down in the NFL are there with Harris, in my opinion. 
uh, maybe need some refining. Uh, but uh, he's probably going to be – I think he'll be the third player off the board for Alabama, and uh, whoever picks him up I think is going to be very happy. Yeah, I think that it may take a little time still for Christian Harris because even when he got to Alabama, linebacker was still a fairly new position for him, especially from a full-time perspective. Now, you know, I think some folks will look at Christian Harris and maybe think a little bit of Rashawn Evans, a little buyer beware there, because if we're being honest about Rashawn, his start to his NFL career hasn't been what maybe you had anticipated, especially for him going in the first round. But, you know, the concern with Rashawn was, was he an every down guy? You know, Mm -hmm. first, second down, okay. But when you got to third down, Rashawn at Alabama would kick out or rush the passer. He wasn't a guy who played in coverage. This is what Christian Harris can do. He can play off the ball. He can play in coverage. So I think that gives you a little more security with Christian Harris there. I think he will be the third player off the board. I like John Mechie in that spot myself because I just think Mechie is already a pro. I think if he's healthy as early as this season coming up, uh, he's going to be a really good number two. Um, I know you don't probably like to reach that high for number twos, but, man, I love John Mechie. If, If he's not the third guy, I've got him as the fourth. Mechie, your guy at four, no doubt. He is uh, – he showed a lot at Alabama, waited his turn. Of course, when he first got to Alabama, he was stuck uh, behind a couple of first-round picks, but emerged nicely the last couple of years, particularly in 2021. The unfortunate knee injury cut his season short, but he, he brings a lot. Reminds me um, – uh, reminds me a little bit of a Jarvis Landry, I guess, if I had to come up with a comp. Um, and I, you know, I, I think he's, I think he's going to bring a lot to the table in the NFL. It is a deep draft for the wide receiver position, uh, but he's certainly a strong pick at number four, number five. Uh, I'm going to go Jalen Armour Davis, Travis mm-hmm. might surprise a few. Uh, he's a guy who brings the measurables, right? And, and and that's certainly something the NFL is high on, especially at that position. Um, scouts are probably a little higher on him, I think, than uh, than most expected. Uh, but, you know, we'll see what, what happens with Jalen Armour Davis in the draft. Um, you know, consistency-wise, experience-wise, maybe not quite uh, the track record, I guess you could say, that, that – uh, some cornerbacks taken early in the draft from Alabama have had in the past, uh, but between the between the length and the wheels, the measurables, I, I, I think he's got a good chance to uh, to go maybe third round. Uh, we'll yeah. see, but uh, I'm going to go JAD uh, for the fifth pick of our our little exercise here. Yeah, he's projectable at multiple positions, right? You can play him at corner. He's played the sub-package roles. Uh, You could even envision him as a safety maybe at some point in his career. So potential value there with Jalen Armour Davis, who was Alabama's most consistent corner throughout the 2021 season. And um, absolutely. And look, let's be honest. There's a Bama bump going on right now, especially at that position, because you've turned out Trayvon Diggs. You've turned out Patrick Sertan uh, Jr. So, uh, but as much as anything, again, I think you like about 
Jalen Armour Davis that you could see him at two or three different positions. What about Phil Mathis up next? That's where I'll go. The defensive lineman. I think there are probably as wide ranging opinions on Federian in terms of how he real, where's his ceiling? Is he too close to that right now, Chase? I think solid. Um, maybe, maybe as a Damian square type career where right. there's a little bit of doubt about him. Uh, and next thing you know, you look up eight, nine, 10 years later and the guy's still in the national football league. You know, I think Phil's going to go earlier than Damian square did all those years ago, but I don't know if there's a consensus on exactly where he sits on boards across the league. No, I don't think there is. He's a little bit of a wild card. It had a nice year for Alabama last season. Um, I, I, I think he's – he seems to me a little bit of a self-made guy, uh, a guy who, who's who's brought a big work ethic, also quite a bit of leadership to that Alabama defense as well. Uh, had a strong performance in 2021. I think his draft value uh, lies very heavily in his 21 tape, maybe even exclusively. Uh, but nevertheless, he should hear his name called, I think, probably uh, at some point on day three. Uh, my turn, Travis. I'm going to go Brian Robinson, the Alabama running back, had an outstanding uh, senior year in 2021. A powerful guy. Uh, he ran really well at the combine. If memory serves, he busted a 4-5-3 at the combine, which for a guy his size and for a guy with his reputation uh, as more of a tackle breaker than a, than a, than a blazer, uh, a four-five-three NFL clubs, I know, had to be excited about that. Um, he can bring it in pass protection as well. Not really known uh, as much of a receiver. Doesn't mean he can't uh, end up being a, a, a dangerous receiving threat at the next level. It's not really wasn't his bag at Alabama. Uh, but Brian Robinson, uh, another guy, uh, along with a couple we've already mentioned, who really uh, – forged the entirety of his draft value uh, here in this past season. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I, I like, uh, you know, I, I like Brian Robinson probably bracketed together with Phil Mathis and those picks right there. Yeah. I think either way it, it, I, you could make an argument with me and I would be fine with it. But, you know, Brian Robinson, just sort of the, the classic retro NFL back and that, you know, what you're going to get from him on a down-by-down basis, uh, one-cut runner, get downhill, get behind his pads, physicality. You're right. The 40, I think, surprised some people. I think people were thinking Brian Robinson was going to be a full tenth of a second slower than what he ran in Indianapolis. Uh, I don't know if we ever got shuttles on him, though. I, maybe you did, but um, that's where my interest was for him as much as anything. But even with those times, he is what he is. The tape shows you what kind of back he is. You think about 49er backs here in the last 10 or 12 years. He reminds me of those kind of guys, maybe Denver backs um, that we've seen here in the past uh, with the decisiveness. So, yeah, I like Brian Robinson there, maybe even a little ahead of Phil Mathis if if it came down to it. And, you know, from there, I guess you're looking at, what, Christopher Allen coming off the injury against Miami in the season opener. And, you know, something that doesn't work in Brian Robinson's favor with positional value should help Christopher Allen as an edge guy. Yeah. I think of Christopher Allen, I think a little bit of Christian Miller, right? Some similarities there with their Alabama careers in terms of injuries, um, injuries being hurt all the time. 
Uh, and, you know, it's unfortunate that I, I guess the difference is Miller finally did put some uh, a healthy stretch together there in his last year at Alabama, whereas Allen, uh, unfortunately, was was knocked out early uh, in the season. Allen, definitely a guy, though, that could bring some pass rush late in the draft. Not a bad guy at all uh, to take a chance on. Uh, I, kind of a grab bag from here, Travis. I guess we'll go ahead and disintegrate our, our back and forth. But uh, Josh Job, Slade Bolden, Chris Owens, some of the others who are hoping to be uh, picked probably toward the back end. I think I definitely think Job will go uh, in the draft. I think Bolden and Owens probably looking more like UFA type guys. But 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 you never know. Maybe uh, maybe maybe Bill Belichick sees sees a, a third down guy in Slade Bolden. Everybody's got Bolden to the past. Slade Bolden another, seems right? like the perfect Mister Irrelevant pick, doesn't he? Yeah. Like. That last pick in the draft, I mean, yeah. that's Slade Bolden written all over it, maybe. I, I Look, you get to that point, you almost hope for the player that they don't get drafted and they have more of the ability to right. pick their spot, right? But, no, I mean, it's an honor regardless. You know, how many people can say they were drafted in the NFL? So, no, from that perspective, you, you hope it for guys like Slade. I'm with you. I think Josh Job pretty much wraps it up. You're looking at eight or nine guys in that scenario. Um, and Job, you know, it, it hasn't always been pretty, uh, but there's something to be said about Nick Saban kept running him out there, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, we talked about the Bama bump in relation to maybe Jalen Armour Davis. I think Perhaps that helps Josh Job, and he's another guy too. That look, maybe in the NFL, they give him a look at safety. Um, he's a physical dude and uh, doesn't mind the contact, and so you know, there's some different ways he could go there at the next level. Special teams for Job too. Yeah. I think he definitely fit in no well at the Sunday level. All right, the Talking Tide podcast. Going to move on. Thank a couple of sponsors here really quickly. Going to start telling you all about North River Dental Associates and Dr. Jack Smalley. His fantastic staff of dental hygienists over at 1100 Fairfax Park in Tuscaloosa, easily located and found right off of Watermelon Road. For all of your family's dental needs, go see Dr. Jack. Get in there twice a year for that routine cleaning. And of course, any other needs you have dental-wise, dentures, endodontics, cosmetic dentistry, teeth whitening services, very popular as well. Get it done at North River Dental. They've also got Botox and Juvederm treatments going on over there at North River Dental to tighten up those facial features. So get on over and check them out. You can give them a call to make your appointment at 752-3506. You can also visit them online at NorthRiverDentist.com. That's North River Dental Associates. I'm going to tell you about Peterbrook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hill section of Tuscaloosa. Again, thanks to everyone who made Peterbrook of Tuscaloosa their Easter destination when it came to Easter goodies and treats. And look, you still got some interesting dates coming up. You got Mother's Day coming up in a couple Sundays, so you absolutely want to take care of Mama. We all know Mama loves chocolate, the best chocolate you're going to find in West Central Alabama and beyond, for that matter. Peterbrook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. You also got the uh, the day before Mother's Day this year, the Kentucky Derby. And believe it or not, they do have horse race themed items at Peterbrook Chocolatier. And the Kentucky Derby parties, good bread, have become all the rage. You know, it's like everybody has a derby party now. So separate yours from the pack, so to speak. 
with Peter Brook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. I'm going to be making my first live appearance at the Kentucky Derby this uh, oh, coming year, Travis. No. Looking forward to that. You already yeah, got the, your suit? Good, Brad. No, yeah. the, no I'm, go, I'm going to be one of the rank-and-file uh, people the on the infield. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't no. like you. I don't like you on that infield. <laughs> I don't like you on that infield. Well, uh, my daughter. Write your, write your phone number on your forehead before you go out there. Or not your <laughs> Your, your the wife's phone number or something, you know. It, it permanent ink, yeah. You're gonna uh, be with Peyton though. The, the that makes yeah, me feel like a zillion times better. <laughs> the daughter, uh, my daughter Peyton, will be graduating from the University of Kentucky the previous day. That'll be on Saturday, yeah. and the family has decided to venture over uh, yeah. to Kentucky. Now you, you can well, get Peyton's the, with you. I'm good with it then. The, yeah, the, uh, she she's uh, she's more responsible than I, I, I am. Trust her. Uh, yeah. No question about it. Uh, but the uh, the infield uh, is pretty cheap ticket, Travis. You know, it maybe, is. A, maybe a C note or less. Now, supposedly, you can't even see the race from the infield because it there's so much happening and there's such a crowd on the edges of it that if you're on the interior, you might as well look at the video boards. That's that's the word I get. But it's the infield allegedly is very very uh, raucous, shall we say? Uh, whereas your uh, your mint juleps and your fancy white hat wearing folk are uh, up yeah. in those grandstands. That will not be me. You're not going to be up there with Tom Brady oh. and Gronk and the boys. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. I mean, it's uh, the our youngest went last year with the college kids. Okay, and uh, I just uh, I told her the the key there is Uber. You know from the yes. Derby, but no, it'll be a blast. You guys are going to have a great time. I look forward to a tale or two from that venture. I'll be bringing it to you. Congratulations uh, to Peyton too, by the way. Very yeah. nice. Yeah. She's, uh, she's, she's had a good run there at Kentucky the last four years. Really proud of it. I, I guess when we reconvene on talking tide next weekend, Travis, I will be immediate on the immediate heels ah, of, of, of that infield run. So uh, maybe, maybe a little coffee for me uh, before Oof. talking tide next week. We'll uh, see. Yeah. Uh, Dark chocolate espresso <laughs> beans from Peterborough. That's what you're going to need. Real quick. going to tell you about our corporate sponsor. That would be DraftKings. The NBA playoffs are upon us. Get ready for all the action betting. Uh, with the DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win, get $150 in free bets instantly. If your team wins, you clinch a W no matter what. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on NBA hoops with same-game parlays, plenty of action. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN. That's the Pigskin Podcast Network. Bet you five hours on any NBA team to win their game. Get $150 in free bets instantly with promo code TPPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Travis, we will close out this edition of the Talking Tide podcast with a little bit of roster news. Tyler Harrell, the uh, explosive wide receiver from Louisville, decides he is headed to Alabama Nick kind of squeezed this one in uh, under the gun, Travis, because we're only a few days away from that deadline uh, where these portal guys have to be uh, – they ha they have to go into the portal, I should say, by May 1. They don't have to choose their destination by May 1. Uh, 
Uh, but coming up here uh, near the end of that deadline anyway, Nick Saban adds a guy who averaged, oh, just 29 yards a catch for the Cardinals last year. Yeah, you want some outside speed? How about some 4-2 in the form of Tyler Harrell? And, you know, you watch the clips of this guy and the separation that he's able to get, especially in the vertical passing game, is undeniable. And so it fills a need, you would think, for Alabama moving forward with Jermaine Burton also in that mix at the wide receiver position and the explosiveness that you have from Jameer Gibbs now at the running back position and uh, should make for opportunities for others when you have that kind of vertical threat. So a uh, nice pickup, it looks like, by all accounts. And, you know, Alabama with five transfer portal imports now, good bread. And when you look at pretty much every level of this offense, there's going to be a guy impacting things. And this next week's going to be crazy, man. Maybe not so much specifically for Alabama, although we'll see with Alabama. Uh, but just – Guys making that decision to go or stay, and then the resulting feeding frenzy that there's going to be from that. Well, one would assume they certainly have the room to add one if they want to, because they've lost a lot more than they've picked up, right? I think right. the count on guys that have exited Alabama through the portal, uh, roughly, I think I think it's roughly 12 have already picked a, a destination, and I think there's two or three more on top of that that are still in the portal. Uh, so roster wise, yeah, there's some breathing room has to be, uh, yeah. for Nick Saban. Uh, what about Javon Quinterly, Travis, the Alabama basketball guard with that really unfortunate knee injury in the first round of the NCAA tournament and ACL, uh, he's going to be coming back to Alabama for another year. Certainly surprising. Even despite the injury, I find this surprising because, uh, I, I just got the sense that that his mindset, injury or not, was that was that he was moving on. But uh, he's been he's decided otherwise. Yeah, you know it is interesting, but perhaps upon maybe checking out the interest, you know, whether you're officially in the portal or whether it's through back channels or the communication that takes place. Uh, because so so much networking is done since these guys are in high school, let's be honest. You can kind of get a gauge for where your interest level might be, what your potential options might be. I don't know. Um, but he says he wants to come back and win another championship or two with the Alabama Crimson Tide. And, you know, it's interesting because Alabama had already taken on Mark Sears, the transfer guard from Ohio, um, you know, they have a good situation in terms of some guys coming in in the backcourt. But I think there's a place for Javon Quinterly, assuming that he's able to get back to full health in a relatively uh, short period of time because, um, you know, they, they like to play multiple guards on the ball or in the game together that can play on the ball together. And you know, Jalen Bradley's coming in as a five-star point guard. That's great. Sears coming in as a transfer from Ohio. That's great. But even with that, you know, you're not especially deep in terms of ball handlers. So it'll be interesting to see the makeup of this team ultimately. It might be a team more similar to the team two seasons ago with Herb Jones and those guys that had more length, maybe two through four, two through at the two and three spots on the four together than right. what we saw a year ago. That was that times last year, boy, last season, this past season, that was a small team that, that Nate was rolling out there a good bit. 
Yeah, Quinterly never really found his shot last year at Alabama, but in my opinion, he was unquestionably the best ball handler uh, that 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 Nate Oates had. So uh, he'll bring something. It'll be interesting to see uh, how he fits into the mix with some of those newcomers you mentioned uh, this coming season with the Alabama basketball team. It's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Talking Tide podcast. Wanted to talk real quick, though, before we shut it down, Travis, about these NIL collectives. Of course, Alabama has uh, established its collective. High Tide Traditions is the name of it. And uh, I actually talked to a couple of people involved with it. And they, they were they were a little late, obviously, because there were a lot of schools that established one ahead of Alabama, but intentionally late. Uh, from my understanding, because the uh, the pace of, of how it was put together uh, was uh, measured, shall we say, uh, deliberately. Uh, and, and it sounds as though the Alabama faction uh, of all these collectives, the, the, the sense is that things are going to be, things are a lot wilder now with NIL than maybe they will be a year or two from now. And, and, and High Tide Traditions, I think, is trying to gear itself toward what the long-term picture is going to look like as opposed to piling up the biggest pile of cash you can right now and throwing it out uh, as fast as you can, which is definitely how some collectives are approaching this thing. Well, look at college basketball in the last week with some of the decisions to come back for another year at Kentucky and North Carolina especially. And now you hear from Michigan on Sunday about some important news impacting the Wolverines roster. And you think immediately about NIL yeah. and how, you know, some of these guys are going to benefit tremendously. You even had, I believe it was the transfer from Kansas state to Miami. And within a day of him announcing he was transferring to Miami, I think his representation tweeted out the terms of the NIL deal. Yeah, he was here it is. Two years, 800K. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I thought I was reading, you know, Wojciechowski or something. Woj <laughs> on an NBA deal. Or A Woj bomb, yeah. Yeah, so uh, we can say that, you know, Alabama may be taking a measured approach, but everybody else, it seems like, absolutely jumping in the, the deep end of the pool and, and uh, trying to take advantage of this deal wholeheartedly. What about that SMU tweet that went ah, out earlier geez. this week with that old Trans Am on there for their collective? I mean, in the world, the official, the, the official the, SMU. It's a Trans A and M. Trans A and M. Yes. Eric Dickerson said his mom bought that. His grandma bought that. Gold Trans A and M. Yeah, I don't know who the student assistant was that put together that graphic, but Ian or Colin. Or yeah. Whatever his name Kyle. is. Kyle. Was a Kyle, I'm sure. Maybe a Kyle. Yeah. You know, a lot of Travis. Travis is a big name out in Texas, you know. Mm. And so maybe it was a Travis for all we know. But uh I appreciate it. And it stayed up. I didn't think it would stay up. Yeah. You know, I thought maybe a athletic department official <laughs> might pull the the uh, tweeter aside and say, look, we're trying not to revisit that era. I'm setting you up on a tee here, but but uh, <laughs> what 
Give, give our listeners that outstanding uh, <laughs> SMU and I collective name you suggested. Oh, gosh. Oh, the was it the Naughty Nine? The Naughty Nine. Yeah, yeah. that was the booster group back in the 80s that uh, went to Great Lakes to get SMU the death penalty. Not to mention that you had a sitting governor, by the way, mm-hmm. that was involved on the cheating, involved in the cheating all those days ago as well. Yeah, they said the uh, local media got tipped off by the players' parking lot. You know, and they started seeing Beamers and Mercedes <laughs> piled up in that parking lot. That maybe tipped them off a little bit back in the eighties. One, one Sunday night or this summer, maybe uh, we'll just do the Talking Tide podcast let's, let's live with with Pony Express. A, a watch along. Yeah, yeah, we should, yeah. We should do. Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> Dale Hansen. Maybe we can get Dale Hansen on here. What I love about Dale Hansen is he's retired. He's, he's probably got the time. Yeah, but you see interviews with him now, and he's like, you know, I didn't want to break that story. I hate it. He says, different. He says, I hated having yeah. to report that story. You yeah. bet. Dale. He hate it. Yeah, Dale, sure. Love it. Love it. All right. <laughs> Plenty more NIL to come. There's no doubt about that. Oh, jeez. That's going to do it for this edition of the Talking Tide podcast. For Travis Ryer of BamaOnline.com, I'm Chase Goodbread of the Tuscaloosa News. You're listening to the Pigskin Podcast Network, and we'll be talking to you next weekend right here on Talking Tide.